Welcome to Intimacy Architecture with Christiane Bella. This call-in radio show is here to help you discover the power of your intimacy. So join us with your questions for Christiane and her world-renowned guests, authors, speakers, and doctors. Together, they will help you build a life you love. This is a shame-free space where no topic is taboo. Here is your host, Christiane Bella. Greetings, everyone. Good evening. Happy Friday. I am Christiane Bella, and you are listening to Intimacy Architecture, helping you to build a life you love and get your swords out and ready to chop through all the drama because the Heart Ninja is in the house. Heart Ninja Emily Oram is here with me tonight. I am so excited to have you. Welcome. It is such an honor and a pleasure to be here as I have just so enjoyed getting to know you and having you on an interview series that I had. And I just felt so much synchronicity, so much flow within all the taboo that people don't want to talk about in relationship and sex. And so I'm just, I'm just excited to get into, get into what's here. Yes. I love it. And for those of you who will be watching the video, you'll see we started with a dance party during my <laughs> my songs. I always know that's a good sign. We're just like, yeah, dance dance party while the intro song is playing. Get us in the mood. So yeah, let's jump in because uh, one of the things that I love that you wrote to me and as we were kind of communicating about where we were going to take the show is this idea of shifting from codependent to interdependent. And I was like, Whew. That is like hardcore. So um, yeah, I would I would love to start there if if you're down. Like, what is maybe? Because I know when I first started thinking of like codependent, or even when that term was introduced to me, it was this idea of this very like twelve step program kind of like Al Anon. You're you know you have this codependency, um, and so I missed oftentimes in my relationship these subtle little ways that that shows up. So I would love to hear your thoughts on like, what are some of the the yellow flags maybe we want to notice about ourselves? Great. Well, I would say pretty much almost everybody is on the spectrum of codependence. Like it's nothing bad or wrong. Um, it's often life alienating habits, patterns, beliefs that we took on from our conditioning, um, from our family systems growing up. Nobody grew up in a perfect family. And everybody's got baggage and trauma that they're working through to be able to transform so they can come mm-hmm. into healthy relating. Yeah. So I, I tend to be on the extreme end. Um, my mom uh, is, has been a lifelong addict. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, I was her, I call her my child. Um, so mm-hmm. I sort of raised her mm-hmm. and then ended up in a bunch of relationships that had similar patterning mm-hmm. where I came in as the rescuer caretaker. Right. They had, they were, I don't want to say broken, but had a lot of wounding mm-hmm. in various areas, whether it was, you know, the use of substance or just inability to keep a job or inability yeah. to be responsible, um, inability to have emotional intelligence. So a lot mm-hmm. of, um, a lot of not great communication. Um, and so then it would kind of break down into some, some, you know, re- mm-hmm. relationship toxic patterning yeah. of communicating and behaving together. So a couple things of where I created definitions for codependence, just mm-hmm. for everybody out there where it's right. like, how do I know kind of what that is and yeah. where do I fall on the spectrum? So the first um, thing that I have people like reflect on is um, when do we go outside of our own mm. personal integrity, our own truth to yeah. either make somebody happy or to avoid them from being upset? So it's like both ways. There's kind of the mm-hmm. anxious thing, right? The anxious right. one is like, I'll change myself to make them yeah. happy. I'll do whatever I can to make them mm-hmm. happy. I just want them to be okay. Yeah. And then more of the avoidant behavior mm-hmm. is like, I don't want to talk about my issues. I don't want to talk about what they did that hurt mm-hmm. me. I'm out. I'm just going to silence myself or yeah. find other relationships. Right. Um, so the important thing to really note first is what is my truth and integrity? Yeah. It's like, that's what we have to find. What mm-hmm. is our honest truth and integrity? And then the dance is being able to make it conscious when we're changing yeah. to make the other happy or when we're avoiding based in, you know, fear of rejection mm-hmm. or conflict. So that's the first kind of right. identifier 
of when we step into unhealthy mm-hmm. enmeshment or codependence. Yes. I love that because it's, it's an inside job first to just figure out where is your gauge, you know, how yes. do you know what your authentic operating system is? And, you know, is somebody coming in and throwing your rea- your response to them? Like, is it throwing it off balance? And, and yeah. And what is that? I love that. And it's just yeah. a constant check-in. Like even recently, I mean, I've been doing this work forever and I just, I still fall into codependent habits, mm-hmm. you know, consistently where I didn't know that I had a boundary within my primary relationship um, with someone else coming in. And I ended up kind of going into a trauma response, which took me a lot of time Mm because I thought I was more okay with something, with my partner doing something. And so we don't always know what we need. We don't always Mm -hmm. know what our boundary Mm -hmm. is, but when we go into that place of like, oh my God, I've hit a trauma response. Oh my God. I'm like unable to function. Oh my God. I have so many triggers. It's like taking me out. That's where we're like, okay, what are my needs? And then where do I need to speak up for a request and a boundary, you know, within my relationship? Um, So I was, so I was basically saying I was more okay with something because I want, mm because I wanted to make him happy. I wanted Mm -hmm. to be more, I wanted to be poly. I wanted to, you know, (laughs) And so that's just an example for all your kind of people right. out there of like, what does this look like in real time? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. The other, should I go on to the other definition? Yes, please. Interdependent. Okay. Right. Well, actually the, there's one more on code. Oh, okay. There's two of them. So okay. the, the second one is um, where do I rely or depend on another for my sense of security mm love and purpose and meaning purpose and meaning yeah yeah so that's a one that people don't think about so often um let's say I really don't like my job and I don't Mm -hmm. have something I'm really connected to that's fulfilling in my sense of giving back to the world Mm -hmm. well usually what those people will do is they will look for the relationship outside of themselves to to make that their purpose And then what happens is they're not happy and then they're pulling on the relationship to make them give them a sense of purpose and meaning. And then they're just in a bunch of processing all the time. Right. Um, So those are the three things like, you know, I hope your viewers think about like, oh, my God, I really without the validation of another, I feel meaningless inside. Mm -hmm. Right. Or without the financial support of someone, I, I would be out on the streets. Right. Right. Safety. financial safety or mm -hmm. right or um if if I'm not always making someone happy then I don't feel safe inside Mm -hmm. right I feel chaotic and anxious and overwhelmed those are all litmus tests that show me oh my god I'm relying on -hmm. something you know a partner outside myself to create this and that's where I can go codependent yeah yeah. I mean, I think safety is one, you know, when I think of code, that's like one of the first, but I love that you brought up this idea of purpose. And, and now that you say it, I'm like, oh, there's definitely been like project relationships that yep. I've taken on. So, and then I feel like, I'm like, oh, look what a great job I'm doing, supporting you and helping you. And, and it's just like, no, that's a recipe for a disaster. If I don't, yeah. If I'm not having something that like brings me, I turn you into the job. <laughs> Right. And then it comes back to the sense of like love and meaning, like, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I'm fixing you to make me happy and feel good about myself. And that's giving me a sense of validation and love of worthiness, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. So interdependent relating is essentially when we break free from those two, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like structures of codependence, we basically go into this place of I got me right? I got me. I am a sovereign being and I'm working every day to create my own fulfillment and empowerment. And I'm here to create a mutually fulfilling relationship with me, right? Like I'm here to co-create that. What what do we get to create together? Mm -hmm. What is nourishing to us? What is your yes? What is my yes? And then what do we get to co-create together that's really ideally, you know, really um, healthy and, and preserves both of our sovereignty. Yeah. 
Does that make sense? It like really absolutely preserves and then helps us prosper mm-hmm. in that sense of sovereignty and choice. And then we get to co-create this beautiful relationship together. Right. And it's so, I think at least the way I was taught, it's so opposite to what I was taught. I, you know, I was taught this idea of like, you lose yourself in this relationship, in this, this is your other half. This is the, like the completing of you. Um, and, and so I think, I, I personally try to swing the other way, seeing like, you know, patterns in my family um, of, of not wanting to be the like doting wife or, you know, and, and I think I did a lot of things almost out of anger or rebellion to prove that I wasn't that, that almost created a, a, another form of toxic <laughs> relationship oh because like you're saying it's a co-creation, right? So I wasn't co-creating. I wasn't saying to my partner, Hey, look, I see these patterns. I don't want to repeat that. You know, what can we do? It was just like, well, I just won't do that. I'm, you know, I'm not your maid and, and coming <laughs> at it from this very like angry way instead of being like, Oh, what, what are our boundaries? Maybe, you know, maybe we do love certain things about chores around the house. Let's, let's have that conversation. Let's, you know, co-create this, this space together that honors, yeah, this integrity of our own individuality. And, um, and it's such a tricky thing compared to like the, the bad hallmark movie romance that I think a lot of us were sort of spoon fed of like, this is what a relationship looks like. Yeah. I just, I love that you talked about that. Cause I call that the polar swing mm-hmm. where like, let's say we recognize we've given over our power. We've been a martyr in relationship, mm-hmm. you know, we've, you know, given ourselves away. And then what happens is we go, we rebel against, and we go all the way to the other side where we're like, I won't fucking do that again. And you can't tell me what to do. And like this, like controlling, Mm -hmm. like protective piece. But then what's interesting is that also tends to like attract another codependent counterpart, Mm -hmm. right? That's going to be then um, trying to rescue you or trying to like, tell you it's okay. Mm -hmm. Or, or then they might even just make you wrong. And then you're just in all these, (laughs) all these kind of like, basically push pull dynamics. Mm -hmm. And and in an unhealthy way of relating and it's just bouncing back and forth until we can find that security of like, Hey, like, I don't want to do this thing, but I do want to create this, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, whenever we're reacting away from something, it's a good thing to stop and go, okay, this doesn't meet my values. However, what does, like, what does help me choose connection? Mm -hmm. What does help me to feel safe within our co-creative collaboration partnership. Yeah, I love it. Because it saying, you know, to be on the lookout for codependency doesn't mean that your relationship doesn't have safety, right? It doesn't mean that you guys don't have some sort of financial arrangement where there's, you know, agreements, but it's the difference between having the conversation versus like you're saying, kind of being in this like reactive place and, and not being clear about where that container is and like that you guys have mutually created that, that container together. Um, so, oh, go ahead. I was going to say like, that's, that's a really important piece too. I think that you just brought up that I want the viewers to take in too, is that um, let's say you're in a relationship where you do have a really yummy agreement and it feels good for both of you. And you feel that it's working for you that um, I, um, I don't work. I don't actually, my, I don't make money. Um, My partner does support me in that way. Um, however, uh, what I do to actually create a sense of mutuality is I am very domestic. I do provide a lot of the meals. I do take care of the kids, mm-hmm. um, you know, and so there is that sense of like, this is really yeah. yummy. Yeah. And the, and the other pieces though, is like, is even if you have that agreement, do you still feel that your sense of meaning and purpose mm-hmm. and contribution is still online? Like, right. are you actually happy with that agreement? And that's the litmus test, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's that it's an ongoing conversation you're having yeah. with yourself, this checking in, checking in, yeah, to be sure that, you know, it, it's still feeling like that. Yes. And, you know, and that when it isn't, or if it, that you're able to have that conversation to be like something shifted for me, I don't know, you know, I got to see, what it is that's coming up. Um, I love how you, you mentioned this idea of like right or wrong. And I think, cause you talk a lot about like this win-win relating and I feel like yeah. you can't have a right and wrong 
if you have a win, you know, like they don't, <laughs> you're yeah. either having a right, like, and, and that was a huge game changer for me in relationships. The minute I decided I was like, oh, if I don't have to be right and no one has to be wrong, this is a whole different game. Like, you know, there doesn't have to be a winner and a loser. We can actually, you know, w- this idea of win-win really can exist. And, um, and so I would love to hear how you came to discover that and, and how you uh, help teach people to implement that. Oh my gosh, such a game changer. In fact, it is the probably number one thing that has relationships break down is right, wrong behavior, mm-hmm. polarizing into this is good, that's bad, this is right, this is wrong, this is better than, this is less than. And so essentially, like the first step is just consciously owning when we're in it, right? Yeah. Like that's the piece of not making it wrong that we're, we go into right, wrong, but just like identifying like, oh my God, I'm polarizing here and I have an opinion that I think is the only way and my partner doesn't and there's a difference here. And so what do I do? Do I, that's the thing. So identify it, like I'm in a right, wrong behavior and then go like, okay, so when I go into right, wrong, what are my strategies that sabotage me? Um, I go into an argument with my partner. Um, I incessantly get him to try to look at my perspective until he collapses and agrees with me. Like, you know, what, what are your go-tos or like when there is a difference, I just shut down and don't talk about it. Um, So recognizing when do you go in right, wrong, what's the coping strategy. And then, you know, once you identify the coping strategy, you can go, okay, this isn't working. How do I really accept there's a difference here? Yeah. How do I not try to change it? And how do I get curious about, mm. this, right? How do I get curious about this other person's uh, needs? Yeah. Because again, their perspective, what they believe is connected to their values and needs. Mm-hmm. And you might not agree with the strategy, right? You might not agree that, you know what, like, you know, the, the QAnon thing where, you know, it's like, we should never wear a mask and COVID's bullshit right. or whatever. Like you might not agree with that. However, underneath it, those people, mm-hmm. th- they're meeting values for freedom. Mm-hmm. They're meeting values for their sense of safety. Mm-hmm. And you might not agree with it, but you can understand yeah. it. And that's, that's mm-hmm. where the meeting place is for connection. Right. But if we don't have understanding, then we're fucked basically mm-hmm. like we're just, we just stay in the hole like until they change or until right. they you know yeah I feel like you've just broken down most of what has happened in, in the last year it's just like right? yeah, this lack of understanding it's like I'm right they're wrong this is yeah and and if you would just do it my way everything Right. Then you'll be like, the, then you'll help save our world. Then you'll be the more loving, compassionate person. I mean, I just see it in every, it, it crosses culture. It crosses mm-hmm. religious denomination. It crosses whether you're straight, queer, you know, or unicorn, it just, it right. just crosses every single dynamic and culture where we see the same pattern and we polarize and create separation. And mm-hmm. it is probably the, the thing that is killing, you know, yeah. our sense of evolution of coming together and creating mm-hmm. a sense of win-win where, we, you know, cause that's the only way we're going to make it out Right, is if we all choose to go, okay, there's differences here. How do we work together yeah. to make a better world together, mm-hmm. a more harmonious, connective one? Absolutely. And, and I love what you said about being curious, because I think if we're focused on how can I get someone else to change? We're not being curious. We're, we're being controlling and you, you know, and the curiosity is, is what I think leads to understanding is this like, well, you know, I'm going to try to see, I'm going to try to like wonder and think, and, you know, maybe put myself in that position, imagine what that's like, or ask questions, like seek to, to learn more. Um, and that's challenging because it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable to be like, Hey, I don't know everything about this. I only know what I know. And I'm going to be willing to like open up to this idea that there's more to know. And that doesn't make me wrong or bad that I don't. Game changer. I mean, I, you know, I, one of my main coping mechanisms growing up from coming, you know, from a mother that I was trying to change, you know, to get, 
to, to heal herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I carried that pattern into every relationship where I would choose someone that was challenged or wounded mm-hmm. and, you know, they didn't want to change essentially, but right. I felt like I, if I just presented the right tool, the mm-hmm. right tip, if I showed them how much I loved them, um, mm-hmm. you know, they would change. And I recognized mm-hmm. it was all my own control stuff. And at the end of the day, they didn't want to change. And so I just kept trying harder, right? Yeah. <laughs> that didn't work either. <laughs> but it's good to know these things about, you know, I think that's yeah. how we learn. We need to rub each other's edges and, and, and hopefully have these aha moments where it's like, oh, that's right. It comes back to me, you know, like where, where am I in this? What part can I, um, what part can I own and, and own it without, shame, which can be really challenging Ugh. as we're first in the process of processing our stuff is to not be like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Oh <laughs> Just my be gosh. like, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Having that compassion. Game changer um, as well. Yeah. Like that's the thing is it's like the fact that we have needs and values and that they are okay mm-hmm. is such a huge piece of really stepping into vulnerability, which is, which is terrifying, you know, facing yeah. our own shame and also facing the shame of another and not knowing Mm. how to like handle their discomfort. Yeah. You know, it's scary. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was actually the conversation my husband and I had, and I had this morning about like being able to witness the other person's discomfort and not take it personally and not try to alter it and just be like, you can be uncomfortable and I can still love you, but I don't have to get in, in your boat right now. (laughs) Like I can go do something else. And like, you know, and like, what does that look like? Because yeah, I, I think the, and it's such an interesting thing kind of going back to codependency is this idea that like, well, if I love you and you're suffering, I should be suffering too. Oh, huge one. Yeah. That's a huge pattern too. Like if I, and also if, if I am not suffering with you, that means I'm not loving you enough. Mm right? Like this idea that I'm a bad person, I'm a bad, you know, like partner. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the idea of like, actually, you can hold compassion, while not lowering your own vibration while not lowering your own frequency, and hold them and be like, you know, I'm here. And, you know, when you're when you're, I'm going to go, you know, take care of this or do this. And like, when you're ready to like, really, you know, connect or, you know, and, Mm -hmm. Uh, go do something or, you know, then let me know. Like you can set a boundary Like when you're, you know, or I, I feel like I can support you to this level right now Mm -hmm. emotionally. um, And that's what I have bandwidth for. And I I'm going to go take care of myself, but I want you to know I'm still holding you in my heart. Yeah. Yeah. And that is, it's a, a very compassionate way to, I think, validate, you know, like I, I see you, you know, like, yes. you know, I'm, I'm not just like, I don't want to look at this or like, I'm going to get in it and make it mine. <laughs> um, but right. yeah, that's a, yeah, that's that, the back, <laughs> that, right. The, the, the I, I love like telling people to think about sort of like codependency and interdependency, like your body, like when you're, you're in your body and you're in alignment, you're pretty vertical, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your lower body is like li- really kind of like aligned your spinal cord, your columns long, yeah. you know, you feel the elongation. And when you get triggered, do you go like this? Do you go forward? Right. right? Or do you collapse back? Right. Mm-hmm. And ideally, like, how do you still stay in that yeah. sweet midline alignment? Mm-hmm. And that's a good piece. Like some people are somatic out there. Right. right? And so like, yeah. you'll notice like, like your anxious attachers, like, no, like I have to stay here. And like, it's not okay to leave because like you're hurting and I need to like be here. And like, mm-hmm. but like, it's all going to be okay. And like, if you just did this, like, right. All anxious, like mm-hmm. fix it martyr myself or like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm out. Like, this isn't working for me anymore. Like you need to go take care of yourself. You Mm -hmm. need to like get your shit together. And like, maybe when you have it figured out, like I'll, I'll be, I'll Mm -hmm. come back. (laughs) Right. That's like leaning leaning out. Yeah. And to be able to be in that like neutral space, I think um, we're getting ready to go to break, but I would love to get back into this when we come back. Cause I think, you know, this idea of being in your body and like really checking in, not just with like all the stories your head is telling you about what's happening, but to really come into the body 
and, and get this sense of like, yeah, what is, cause we do have these like twitches or knee jerk response, you know, however you want to look at, like there is a physical thing that we do, whatever we're feeling like. And if we start to notice these little cues, our body gives us of, yeah, what is, what is the response that's happening and what story, you know, is, is that, that we're holding onto in our body. So um, we'll be back in just a moment with heart ninja, Emily Oram, and you can find more about Emily on Instagram at heart.ninja and on Facebook at heart ninja, Emily Oram, and that's O-R-U-M. And then of course, and we'll get into this after the break too, is openlovestyle.com. I'm super excited to, to dive into that and talk about the different relationship dynamics and how you can design your own relationship. So thanks so much for listening. We'll be back in just a moment. I'm Christiane Bella, and you're listening to Intimacy Architecture. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. The holidays are just around the corner. Do you want to go through another round of fighting and avoiding your family? Or are you ready to build the life you love? Intimacy Architecture is here to help with our Relationship Reset Program, which combines individual and partner sessions. Learn communication techniques, self-awareness, and shift your approach to connection so you can restore trust and enjoy healthy relationships with those close to you. Visit IntimacyArchitect.com to enroll. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. Listening to Intimacy Architecture. We want to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. You know there's a question you have or something on your mind. That's 1-866-472-5788. Feeling shy? That's okay. Send an email to intimacyarchitect at gmail.com. Christiane might be answering you on an upcoming show. Now back to Intimacy Architecture. Hello and welcome back, everyone. I am Christiane Bella, and you are listening to Intimacy Architecture, helping you to build a life you love. And with me this evening is Emily Oram. She is the Heart Ninja, and queer, LBGTQ-friendly, kink-friendly, poly-positive coach and guide and all-around just amazing person that I am so grateful to know. Um, and we are talking about getting into really... The sensory system, I think of, you know, kind of behind your feelings to notice the somatic response of your body as you're really determining, you know, what, what are the yummy things in your life? What is working for you? And what are the, the areas in which, you know, it's, it's time to maybe do a little house cleaning. <laughs> yeah. So do you have a practice that you go to or have kind of cultivated over the years of how do you check in with your body? Cause I, I know, you know, for me, I had yoga. That was kind of my go-to, but for a lot of people, when I talk about this, they're just like, what are you like? I'm in my body. Like, what do you mean? Check in with my body. Yeah. Essentially like the first, the first piece is slowing down, mm-hmm. right? Like, like, cause most of us are operating on such a fast pace of taking care of things, being responsible, having a job, having a kid, having a right, that we're operating on essentially the sense of responsibility and to do. Mm -hmm. So creating times in your day where you consciously create spaciousness, where you slow down and really feel, Mm. how am I feeling? Like what, how's my heart? How's my body? Like, what am I noticing the shoulds that are coming up? you know, what's active in the mind. Mm -hmm. And then like coming home and finding 
like what what do we need like what does what does our heart need to feel nourished Mm -hmm. what does our body need to feel loved and cared for um and those are consistent like how how can i take care of my heart and how can i take care of my body as i listen to their needs as i really attune you know Mm -hmm. sometimes it's rest sometimes it's movement sometimes i need to scream um (laughs) Sometimes I need to have more water or like really, I haven't been eating well, Mm -hmm. you know, my body's telling me like, look, your digestive system's off. Um, Or, you know, sometimes I like I'm making too many other things a priority and I'm Mm -hmm. neglecting, neglecting the needs of my heart or I'm neglecting my body in some way. Um, And your body will be in pain, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's like the the discomfort mm. or, you know, is essentially like a warning sign yeah. of like, Hey, Hey, come take care of me. I love you. Like I'm, I really want right. to be loved. Yeah. I think it's so important to acknowledge that the discomfort is not there to work against you. Yeah. Like the discomfort is trying to help direct you. I love and, that. Yeah. I love that. And it's, it's challenging. It's challenging when you're in it. Cause you're like, I, I don't, like this, you know, like this. yeah. <laughs> like, how can I make it go away instead of like, you know, like, okay, hi, hi, how are you doing? What, what is this? To, why are you here right now? Are you here? <laughs> yeah. What do you need right now? Mm-hmm. Like, how do I honor you in the most like tender, loving, caring, compassionate ways? Um, right. Instead of try to like avoid you or medicate you away mm. or or like tell you you're bad or neglect you or you know, do all the things that our parents did to us when we were kids, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, yeah. (laughs) Whole nother episode, right? Oh my goodness. I know. I was like, should we dive into inner child stuff right now? There's so many things I feel like, yes, it's a whole nother episode, but it's, it's getting curious again. It's, you know, and, and I think, you know, if we can learn anything from our inner child, it's, it's the ability to be curious and and to go into it with a sense of wonder. Um, Yeah. So let's jump in. Um, I mentioned it right before we took the break, openlovestyle.com, which is something that you created with um, your partner, Michael Orther. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. You guys co-created that together. And so it really looks at a relationship design. Like how are you, you know, what are the, the things in which you can kind of look at and be like, oh, okay, this is the, the framework for the relationship I'm looking for. So tell me how you came upon, upon, uh, creating this open relationship. Well, it's funny because Michael and I kind of have this joke, like we fucked up in open relating poly. So you don't have to, um, we did all the things that we just jumped in and we were like, okay, like, I know I'm an alternative relater. And we were just like, I'm just going for it, you know, and we didn't have the awareness or the tools or the communication. And we were all kind of gung ho. And we thought we were more better at things than we were until our relationships broke down. And in Michael's case, like huge amounts of loss. And so it really was like, okay, we need to get our stuff together. We need to learn how to communicate. We need to, we need to actually vet, you know, Mm. uh, to make sure, is this actually configured and working? Like, is this person growth oriented? Is this person even know what consensual non-monogamy is? Um, How long has this person been, you know, do they have any, any kind of secure attached relationships or are they totally like solo poly and don't have any, you know, Mm -hmm history of like attached relating, you know, just like really looking at some of the hard questions that we often have to ask before just letting those love chemicals come in. Right. And, (laughs) and just being like, yep. Oh my God. He said he liked dogs. I love dogs. Oh my God. They like totally know that they do want a baby. Oh my goodness. You know, just all these real similarities. Mm -hmm. And then we're like, Oh my God, perfect partner, perfect partner. Right. Um, Mate for life. (laughs) Right. So basically, Michael and I, when we started dating, we had a big difference came up that really helped us to have the green light to go, we need to create this quiz. And the difference is, is that I like to have one bonded partner. Mm-hmm. And I, I like to have sexual experiences with my partner, mm-hmm. or without my partner, as long as he feels good about it. Mm-hmm. Right? 
Um, now, Michael is great when we're together, but like as far as me doing it by myself, that's edgy for him. That's not his comfort zone. Yeah. But Michael's comfort zone is two or three bonded romantic partners where we're also sexual, maybe together, maybe not. Yeah. And that's his comfort zone. Mm -hmm. So like it could be like, you know, maybe living together, maybe not, but like really consistent years and years of, you know, being in a relationship together, like more poly family kind of style. And I'm like, oh, hell no. You know, like that's, I don't, I don't, (laughs) that's a lot for me. That's a lot of like managing Mm -hmm. my own emotions. Like we'd have to divvy up time. There's a lot of, you know, it's, it's harder for me. It's where my triggers lie. And I don't really, I'm open to stretch into some area there, Mm -hmm. but I'm not like, that's not ideally what I want in relationship. So we got into relationship and we're like, how the hell do we work this? Right. How the heck do we work this? And we were so in love and so many things were aligned. So many things that this was a big thing, but we were like, we're committed to lean into each other, not abandon ourselves, but Mm -hmm. lean in to love each other and on each honor each other. And let me tell you, it's challenging still, yeah. but it is, it is where we have decided to really work our differences mm-hmm. where we both are leaning into each other, but again, not abandoning ourselves right. because again, our priority is each other. We do love each other. We want to make it work. Mm-hmm. So that's what has us really want to lean yeah. into each other. So that's what had us like, so those are differences yeah. in romance and sexuality. Mm-hmm. I'm more sexually open than my partner is. Okay. My partner is more romantically open than I am. Mm -hmm. So those are a couple spectrums on our quiz of looking at relationship romance and sexuality. Am I more contained? Meaning like, do I really hold my reserve my sexuality more just for me or maybe one Mm -hmm. partner or maybe multiple Mm -hmm. and then the same, you know, for contained and romance or open. Yeah. I love that because I think I I too, you know, have made so many mistakes and and been so challenged by it because I'm like, but I want to be really good at poly. Like I, I love open relationships and non-monogamy. Like I'm going to be my super best at it. And so did a lot of things that like, I really wasn't comfortable with just to be like, no, I'm going to get good at this. And Um, and so I think there's a point when it's like, if something triggers you, yes, sometimes that's like, Hey, you need to look at this and like, probably want to like tune this up. And other times it's like, no, this is just not healthy for me. And it actually does not work for me. And it's triggering me because this is not where I'm supposed to be and not what I'm supposed to be doing. And to be able to like, see the difference between the two, because you go in and do the work and say like, Hey, this is what I know about myself. I know that my needs and values, like you were saying earlier, in sex, you know, this is where those lie and, and, you know, my needs and values and romance, this is what those look like. And so, um, I love that. And yeah, so you can go on to openlovestyle.com and take the quiz to find out what that looks like for you. What, you know, what do you need to discover about yourself in order to have a better relationship design? Cause I think there's this misconception that if you're non-monogamous, it's just like, so you're not, you know, it's either you're monogamous or you're not monogamous. It's like, yeah. You're not monogamous. There's like a huge friggin' buffet, like sushi menu option choices, <laughs> ways you could do this, which is part of like the joy and the beauty of it. But it's also complex because there isn't just like, okay, well, now you know what to do. It's like, I, I don't know. Like, I, you know, it worked this way with this person. It could work some way. You know, it's like being able yeah, to, I mean- yeah. Go ahead. There are some people that identify as monogamous. Um, however, they have a uh, a, a kink. They have, their sexuality is primarily mm-hmm. geared toward kink, which is another spectrum on the open love style right. kink versus conventional. So mm-hmm. let's say they're monogamous and they say they're monogamous. However, they do have a couple, you know, basically, you know, doms maybe that they hire where in containers, they explore their sexuality. However, they don't call that person. They don't have a a friend, really even a friendship. Mm -hmm. It's a very like contained, you know, hired sex work. Mm -hmm. Um, So their, their score on their charts actually could be like highly contained um, on romance, on sexuality. There might be a little bit of openness, 
but their little bit of openness is like, you know, mainly if you look at their, their bottom spectrum, which is they're like 90% kinkster. Yeah. Right. So like, and a lot of those people, you know, are saying, oh yeah, I'm monogamous. Mm -hmm. However, if you look at it and look at it a little bit deeper, Mm -hmm. there is a little bit of like an openness. Yeah. um, You know, spectrum. Mm -hmm. No, definitely. I think that, that to me was like a big stepping stone also in my early, you know, like figuring out like, oh, okay, well, you know, I could be, yeah, just with one person sexually, but have these other ways in which I explore and learn about myself and discover about myself. Um, and, and it really, it's about, yeah, it's about, you know, this internal search, I think, and then the ability to communicate with, you know, with whoever your partner or partners are about, what does that look like for yeah. you? Um, and so let's talk a little bit about getting into communication because they are tricky subjects to talk about, you know, when you're like, Hey, by the way, like I, you know, I want to have sex with somebody else, or I want I think I'm, I love somebody else, you know, um, what are your approaches to, to starting communication in a way that fosters the ability to keep hearing and listening to one another? Mm-hmm such a great question. Oh my gosh. And this is why we run courses in open love style. So essentially we teach people how to communicate about differences. Um, so if, if any of these little tidbits, like, like, like head on over to open love style and you can get on our waiting list for our next course. Um, but essentially the most, probably most important thing is setting a container to communicate about what you know what's important in your relationship setting a consensual container of and and basically communicating your intentions Mm -hmm. Um, my intention is to really hear and understand our needs and to really honor each other and see where we can really work together to meet each other Um, but if my intention is like you know what I'm I'm I am stuck on what I want and this is my boundary and if you don't accept it then mm-hmm. you know we're, we can talk about it you know during our container that's not a good time that's not that's not a connective you're not right. on the right track right. <laughs> um, so make sure that your intention is not to change the other or make the other wrong you are really wanting to work together to create understanding and find the win together with hopefully with what could work for both of you. And it, and if you can't find a win, Mm -hmm. that's where you with love and compassion in your heart, find those areas of those boundaries and, and still graciously stay connected. Yeah. And that's a skill set to learn. (laughs) Like it takes some time, right? Cause it's scary when we hit those boundaries because then we go into, oh my God, like I'm going to lose that person mm-hmm. or they don't love me or like, um, and when it gets really challenging in those areas, I do recommend hiring a coach or a therapist mm-hmm. that like, you know, like for instance, we, me and my partner recently hit a real crunchy area where we're, we're really kind of like, we don't know what the win is and we're struggling a little bit. Yeah. And um, we need someone to put like a, a pair of glasses mm-hmm. on our relationship where we can't see and we can't find a way together. And that's why I wanted to say too to your viewers out there, like don't have shame if you get oh, there. Yeah. Like you yeah. don't like, there's a lot of things where you don't know other options. Mm-hmm. You, you don't know what the other they are. Um, and so that's where a coach can be like, Hey, have you thought about this? Mm-hmm. Or have you thought about trying this or Um, or helping you to see like, what really is the most important thing to each of you? Absolutely. Yes. I think I, I go to coaches and therapists all the time. Like it is so important to have someone else to reflect things to you, to give you different points of view, um, you know, new tools, new information. Yeah. I mean, I think it is, it is really vital, especially when you're talking about stuff that we're typically not taught, you know, like I didn't learn boundaries from my family. I did not learn good communication skills. I did not have examples of 
non-monogamy. Um, I, I guess I had the example of like people cheated on people, which was a pattern that I, right. you know, picked up on my way to fix. But, you know, so it, it's really important to go and seek help of someone who is like, hey, look, I've, you know, this is what I've learned the hard way. Like, I love how you said that we made all the poly mistakes so you don't have to, you know, so how can I, yeah, how can I, you know, be able to, again, not make myself wrong because I don't know and and be willing to receive that support to help grow. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm so huge. Cause there's so much shame. Like I should be able to figure this out by myself or, or like both, both, this is a big one I've gotten into. We're both super conscious and we teach communication. We should be able to fix our relationship ourselves. Uh, you know, right. and again, so that's, you know, that's a really big piece. I still have mm-hmm. remorse around not getting help sooner when mm-hmm. I know that I needed it or my relationship needed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think it is especially hard when, when, yeah, you're in this line of work to feel yeah. like, you know, I, I should know better. And it's like, no, I know what I know. And I, you know, there's someone else who has a different way of seeing it and that ability to just get another perspective, you know, can really open you up to, I mean, open, I think your heart, uh, you know, open new channels of of the curiosity, you know, when we're in a curious place, we'll understand more about what's going on for us. So um, I love that, you know, the support you give. And that's actually how I, I met you because mutual friends of ours had um, gone and done work with you in like Hawaii and came back to Nashville and were like, we have got to bring this person here. <laughs> They're amazing. And I was blown away at, uh, at the, the class I got to take with you on, on Tantra and on communication skills and, and just watching you over these years. Um, I love how you show up in like your most vulnerable places and are like here, like, this is what I figured out so far. <laughs> and I'm, I'm willing to be like, it's, it might not be perfect, but it's great. I'm doing it and it's not supposed to be perfect. And so (laughs) check that box off. Yeah. Well, yeah. Authenticity, like, Mm -hmm. you know, to your viewers, like just being vulnerable and authentic with where you are in your journey is what creates trust and what creates Mm -hmm. connection. And so let those be some pillars of like your guiding lights, like being vulnerable, being authentic, being truthful, being honest, you know, even in the face of judgment, even in the yeah. face of rejection, even in the face of make wrong, like having the courage to be you and to speak with an open heart mm. and also, you know, with consideration of others, right? Like don't blast people with a bunch of like, you know, true honesty that's going to be, you know, like just bringing people up the butt, you know, and making them wrong. Right. Um, but be honest and, you know, be vulnerable and also, you know, be open and curious about the other and consider it this dance, right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, So we've talked about boundaries and compassion. And and so how do you kind of bring that together? Because I think that, you know, that's a challenge. Some people run into, like you were saying about truth is like, I'm going to set this boundary. Like, I'm going to like stop and be like, never again. And and it's like, okay. You know, and I get that that's, I've certainly been there when I've been like, triggered and been like, no, this is not my world anymore. But there's a way to come to it where again it doesn't, you know, no one's feeling attacked, I think is is a really important piece in in boundary yeah. setting. Yeah. Well it's kind of what we said what I said at the at the beginning a little bit is like recognizing when we're be, basically recognizing when we're in reaction or trigger. Right. Like where you're in this angry place where you want to attack or you're in an angry place and like you are defending yourself or, um, you know, or you're just like really, yeah, you're reactive essentially. Mm -hmm. That's the time that's, that's important to take space and take care of yourself, you know, like get that anger out, release your emotions talk to someone if you need it, you know, get some perspective and get yourself back to that neutrality where like, okay, like I, I'm feeling connected to myself and feeling connected to my needs. Um, and I'm, I'm also really like able to hear this other person. I'm able to be curious. However, I've really gotten gained clarity around, like I have, I think a boundary here, you know, when you're able to have clarity around your needs and boundary. And then can I be able to move toward the other 
mm-hmm. uh, with more of an open heart, right? Where, where I'm able to be curious, where I'm able to seek to understand their perspective or have yeah. empathy for their feelings and needs if I do set a boundary. Yeah. I think I love what you're saying. This idea, I think the boundary is bringing us closer. Like a boundary is not actually supposed to divide necessarily and be like, you're over here, I'm over there. Um, But it's like, how, no, how are are my setting boundaries with this, you know, sense of knowing and, and it actually helps to create community and to create connection. And yeah, Mm. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I love Often I say like boundaries are what holds, honors, and protects your values Mm. instead of boundaries are here to like cut off like what doesn't Um, It's like, so what's in the middle here? Like, you know, my need for like safety and feeling like really um, like we're on the same page in our relationship. My my need for like compassion and understanding for both myself and you. Yes. Oh my goodness. So good. Oh, we only have like three minutes left. I I, can't believe it. I could do this for hours. Um, I love you so much. I'm so glad you're on. So closing last thought you want to, uh, take away. Well, I would love, I I guess I just would love to tell people like what I'm offering. You know, that'd be so if any of the stuff really like uh, invoked some inspiration or curiosity for you around, you know, the open love style, you can go and take a free quiz. It takes, you answer about 25 questions and then you get your own open love style chart and you can send it to your lovers and it could be a great sort of like invitation into communicating and and about some differences um, in your relationship. And you can get on our waiting list if you want to. We do, we're going to be running a course in, I believe, late spring. Mm -hmm. So you get on the waiting list for that. Otherwise, um, me and my partner do work together with couples, um, helping to basically ignite their relationships, like their, take their relationship to the next level. Um, both within their sexuality, but also within their communication Mm -hmm. and just, just have a real, like, "Mm," you know, yummy, yummy, like amazing relationship. And so we're going to be welcoming in one couple Mm -hmm. um, to work with this year uh, over the course of like three, four months of some virtual Mm -hmm. coaching. And then with the intention to meet at a destination location for a week where we'll do some embodiment in person, really yummy, fun stuff um, in, you know, in your sexuality and in, you know, going deeper to integrate a lot of the coaching that we do together. Oh my goodness. I love that. Uh, It has been an absolute pleasure to have you on. This has been Emily Oram, the heart ninja, and you can find her at heart.ninja, heart ninja, Emily Oram on Facebook, and of course, openlovestyle.com. Thank you all for listening. Have a wonderful weekend. Love you. Love you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in and being part of Intimacy Architecture. Join Christiane Bella for the next show. We're live every Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Now go enjoy the weekend.